Welcome back to episode 38 of Anime Deep Dive, the podcast that does in-depth reviews of different anime series. Due to the extent which plot points will be discussed, a spoiler warning will now be in effect. This is a spoiler review, so if you haven't seen a series and are only looking for a recommendation, there will be a timestamp in the episode description you can skip to called Final Thoughts. This section will be spoiler-free where I get my overall opinion on a series and whether or not I think it's worth your time to watch it. So now that that's out of the way, let's deep dive into Dragon Crisis, released in 2011 by Studio Dean. It has 12 episodes and comes in sub only. The story follows Ruji, a 15-year-old boy and a level 10 breaker. There are only a few people to attain this high of a ranking in the world, yet Ruji hasn't registered with the society. He has put being a breaker on the back burner due to an incident that happened a few years prior. Ruji was possessed by a cursed item while out shopping with Eriko. During this event, Eriko was injured and Ruji has felt horrible ever since. Ruji began this series with a lonely existence. Living solo, eating convenience store meals by himself at the kitchen table. I'm not hating, this is exactly how I live and love it. I once had a buddy of mine who was a chef come over to my place and asked if he could cook me a fancy meal. I asked why and he said it made him depressed thinking of me eating alone at my kitchen table. To which I responded, I don't even use that table, I eat over there at my desk. I've never had a roommate and I never will. Having a place to yourself is the best. If you want your apartment spotless, you can clean and no one will mess up your hard work. If you're having a lazy day and don't feel like doing dishes, you can push them until tomorrow. No one is going to stop you or complain about it. Unfortunately, Ruji's paradise is short-lived, receiving two female nuisances crashing at his place that he now has to cook and clean for. Ruji's weapon is Slash Breath, a dagger forged from dragon's teeth. Ruji is hesitant to use it as he lost control of the power when he was younger. During the season, Ruji decides to put the past behind him and use his strength to protect the ones he loves. When Ruji is being evaluated by the society, the tests are all fairly standard for the most part, except for the missile being launched at him in class. I don't see the point of doing these things in the open at school. It turns out Ruji isn't actually a breaker. He himself is a lost precious known as Dragon Crisis, a destroyer. When it came to Ruji fighting in this series, the same engage animation was used over and over as a finisher in each battle. It was kind of boring. Ruji's parents are well known from traveling the world discovering rare items. This causes them to be away from Ruji the majority of the time and we only see them once. I hated the parents showing up at the end, especially with the mom declaring, I don't care if you're a dragon, don't hurt our son. You hadn't spoken to him in over a year and you make him live alone. You don't love him. His mom is trash, she only showed interest in coming to see Ruji when he has a dragon. Rose is a red dragon. During her introduction, I was like, how does she know Ruji's name? Before I had a chance to think about it, she unleashed a firestorm out of the back of that van. I was screaming this looks so freaking awesome. Rose at first is animalistic in the way she growls and bites Eriko's hand. Rose only has love for Ruji. Ruji, while on an expedition with his parents during childhood, discovers Rose's egg. He saved it from falling off the mountain and watched her hatch. This is why she knew his name and left her nest to find him. Ruji's parents letting him go off by himself and fall off a mountain is just another example of their great parenting. If Rose hadn't produced wings right after she hatched to save him, they would have had a dead child on their hands. When it came to giving Rose her name, the second they mentioned they needed to give her one, I said I bet they're going to call her Rose because that's what the scale on her hand looks like. Two seconds later, they call her Rose. Usually I'd be annoyed at such an obvious choice, but I was so impressed with myself I overlooked the simplicity altogether. Rose cannot take on her dragon form until she's fully matured. The most she can muster is producing wings. Which, to be honest, would be the best part of being a dragon anyways. I hate to say it, but Rose was dumb as rocks. When Onyx tells her the drink he brought her is medicine, she drinks it without question. Hey kids, if you're ever kidnapped, don't drink medicine from your captor. 
George, a man on the hunt for dragons, while holding a giant sword he would kill a dragon with, is looking at you, a dragon, in the face and you don't run away the first chance you get because he's going to bring you ice cream. Rose would jump in a white panel van filled with puppies if given the chance. How can Rose attend school and be announced to the class as being intelligent? She skipped a grade? She could barely speak a few weeks ago. As for a relationship, Ruji was pretty depressing the first couple episodes. I was happy he snapped out of that, but Eriko telling him to think of Rose as motivation to save her was weird. I was like, he met her yesterday. How much of an attachment could there be? At the beginning of the season, I viewed Rose and Ruji's relationship as like parent and child. So when the professor brought up the idea of imprinting, it made sense. The shift from father and daughter to romantic was teased early on when Rose was saved from Onyx, but the rest of the season had Rose all over Ruji, and he reverted back to treating her like a child. And I'm such a tool, when Ruji was saved by Rose's dragon breath, after taking a scale to the gut, all I could think was, Baby, I can pay you to a kiss from a rose on the grave. All my old heads will know that one. A week after this, Rose has yet to ease up on the clingy behavior. She damn near causes a hurricane in the apartment when Ruji tells her he's going away for three days. If Ruji knew he could get some time off from Rose pawing all over him, I bet he would have kissed her hand a long time ago. As mentioned, after Ruji told Rose he loved her in the church, he had demonstrated zero affection towards her. It's like he's only interested when Onyx comes around. He doesn't want her until someone else does. Rose learning embarrassment is the best thing that could have happened. She was always playing hot, no dragon pun intended. She would cling to Ruji all the time. Now that she's pulled away, he starts to miss her. Everyone wants what they can't have, so now Ruji's invested in Rose. So much for a strong love for one another, ice cream brought Rose's memories back, not Ruji. And when Rose joined school, they announced her as Ruji's family from the States. Is no one going to find it odd when they eventually get caught being romantic? Even though the ending of the series with Rose and Ruji holding hands in the back of class was wholesome. Erico is Ruji's second cousin and a level 7 breaker. She is a dime piece, cheeky flirt, and when she's rocking that black bathing suit, hello! Erico has one of the coolest entrances, walks into class and grabs Ruji, making all the other boys jealous. I had to double check, but the pardon note she gives the teacher not only had lipstick from a kiss on it, I'm pretty sure she signed it with a bloody fingerprint John Wick style. Erico forces Ruji to join her Seven Tails organization to help procure Lost Precious. The first item they go to steal turns out to be Rose. Erico has Ruji do the heavy lifting, gets him shot at, and involves him in a high-speed chase. I pretty much guarantee this new company doesn't provide benefits, and even if it did, I doubt it would cover all of this. I will say I like how Erico does business. Margo, you want our help to get your sword back? What's in it for us? If you want us so badly, you're going to have to be our distraction. No one gets a free ride when Erico's around. Erico's goal is to be recognized by the society. The best way she knows how is to acquire the many lost precious. When it comes to information about these items, Erico doesn't mess around. She had knowledge on all the collectors at the society party. I wasn't a fan of Erico's staff, the butterflies were lame. I enjoyed her more just picking up a machine gun. Erico's highlight when it came to action is when she ramped her car onto an airplane. What is this, Fast and the Furious? Misaki is a classmate of Ruji who has a crush on him. Her other classmate teases her about liking Ruji as she intensely practices to deliver a proper greeting to him one morning. Misaki knows Eriko, shown by her getting a sexy wink during the fire entrance I mentioned earlier. Misaki seems slightly jealous when Ruji's friend at school talked to him about other girls, so it was no surprise when she had a complete meltdown when Rose entered the picture. What does Misaki expect? You need to strike first. She was too afraid to even ask him for his number. 
I didn't understand Misaki's confidence issue. She's a pretty girl. She rocked her bathing suit on the beach. She had no reason to worry until Ruji blew right past her and Rose jumped all over him. I knew that was coming and the payoff was still great. Mizuki fell for Ruji because he was kind to her in a moment of embarrassment. Everyone acted like Mizuki discovering Rose being a dragon is a big thing, but Mizuki saw her flame the axe murderer while they were trapped in the painting and she never mentioned it to anybody. And this is our typical love triangle, the two girls become friends. We have so much in common, we love the same boy. Marga is the white dragon empress, her powers involve utilizing ice and snow. Marga's icicle snowflake scale was way cooler than any other design. And she dresses like Natsuki-chan from Strike the Blood. Marga wants our crew to retrieve the white dragon sword that had been stolen by the humans. She came off pretty heartless, willing to sell out her own kind to a dragon slayer just to get what she wants. The music that plays when Marga is introduced is fire. I think it's a violin, but I don't know enough about instruments to say for sure. I don't think Marga realizes how much trouble she caused Ruji when she kissed him. Rose is not going to let that go for a long time. Marga came back later in the series and got Ruji out of his funk about Rose being with Onyx. All she had to do to get his attention was trip and fall. Ruji is forever the simp for a girl in need. George is 19 but he looks 30. He is a priest from the Anglican Church. That was the religion I was raised growing up so let me speak for the denomination. We're cool with dragons, we don't believe they're servants of the devil. This is where things in the story just line up too perfectly for me. George is a level 10 breaker who possesses the sword Margot wants back. There are only a handful of level 10 breakers on the planet, so odd one just happens to be visiting this specific town. George's church is only up the road from where Ruji is vacationing, and luckily Rose and Erico decided to crash this trip so Ruji doesn't have to do this mission alone. What a string of events to line up for the story. I found it hilarious George has never met a dragon, but they're his sworn enemy. He ends up defending Rose against the creepy guys who come into the church, one of whom had fist-sized eyebrows. He should have gotten Rose to burn them off. George falls in love with Marga, who is of course a dragon, and George is just way too realistic. I knew this guy who was super religious growing up who had no game. He would always invite girls to go to church with him just like George did to Marga. Turns out George wasn't a bad man, he was just told something his entire life so he believed it to be true. At the end, he was mature enough to take in new information and formulate his own opinion. I was happy it was the curse lost Precious controlling George. Rose was the only one who wanted to give him a chance. It would have been bad if he actually tried to strike her down. I wish George had been the one to show up in the finale instead of the garbage parents. He would have finally had a chance to slay a bad dragon. I, aka Odd Eye, is a thief who steals A-class items and up. I has been cursed, having the ability to transform body parts into those of a wolf. Ai's introduction was funny, first off that cat did not look like it wanted to be saved by her. Ai catches the kitty while falling, then Ruji catches the kitty to the face while landing. Thank god Rose wasn't around to see that. Ai had been doing so well to not have an accurate witness account of her looks, so it seemed pretty dumb when she just jumped down from the chandelier in front of everyone to steal the ring. Ai's hand-to-hand fights looked great, they were some of the better animated scenes in the series. And when I was captured while sneaking into Ruji's apartment, she gets sexually harassed by both Ruji and Eriko. That was some torture. Unlike Rose, I was smart enough to not accept food from her perceived enemy, but if your stomach is making noises loud enough to scare a dragon, you might as well take the risk eating poison food. I's backstory was well done, having her father unknowingly introduced at the society party, mentioning he lost a daughter and his collection. It would make sense the man who took his daughter would make her steal lost precious now. I knew the young guy was Ai's master. I went for Eriko's earring during the party, but as Eriko made it clear she requested their attendance not be made public, the only one who saw the earrings was the young guy who asked for her number. 
I had a difficult time believing her master was manipulating and using her. She believes he took her in as a partner to do good. Even if it hurts, sometimes people need to hear the truth for themselves. Using the earrings to have her scummy master expose himself being the person who kidnapped her was clever. He took Ai as a child and it turns out she's not cursed at all. He infused lost precious into her body which causes the change. With the exceptions of the one on his forearms, the guy's lost precious marks are corny looking. I'm happy I got away from that guy, returned to her family, and settles into an easier life. Safi is the blue dragon who flew across the lake like a badass. She has come to get revenge for a man who doesn't want her and keeps her around as a backup plan. When Safi attacked the campground, I was like, is her water attack building up? It seems slow. Oh wait, she's just a flop. Then she geared up for a second assault and I was like, okay, this looks better. Nope, just a cube of water. If anything, she helped rinse the girl's eyes after cutting onions. Safi is supposed to have control over water, but she has no handle on her abilities. It's no wonder Onyx stepped out looking for another option. When Safi tried to jump out on Rose, I was like, who cares, Rose would wash her. Cut to the next scene, Rose actually washes her. Safi is the reason Rose goes through being sick and losing her memory. She wasn't heartless though, Safi stayed by Rose's bedside and fed her ice cream which led to her regaining her memories. Onyx is a black dragon and complete creep. His obsession with a 14 year old Rose while being a grown man was weird. Onyx is a dragon supremacist, they're the higher beings, dragons should stick with dragons, a dragon and a human could never be together. Onyx wants to engage with Rose to achieve ultimate power. Onyx himself says to achieve this power, the two parties involved must trust each other. How are you going to work that out when Rose hates you? Onyx needs to learn knocking people out when they argue with you is not going to get you very far. His other goal is to collect all the lost precious in the world. If this is the case, why didn't he take all the S-Class housed in the laboratory he walked into so easily? Onyx's powers were cool. I enjoyed watching him showcase them while freeing Rose from the society's facility. I actually laughed when he backhanded the professor. Rose saved Ruji from Onyx's wrath even after he was treating her so poorly. And Rose is no punk waking up and doming Onyx in the head with a fruit bowl. Onyx is very durable. We see Eriko shoot him in the face to get her earring back and his dragon form was awesome. I wish he hadn't gotten beaten so easily so we could have seen more of it. Coming into this review, I remember Onyx being the best opposition early on, and I knew he didn't show up again until the end of the season, I just couldn't remember why he wasn't around. Until his henchman mentions that Rose and Ruji jacked him up so bad he'd been out of commission all this time. When Onyx got Ruji to turn Rose over to him, Ruji was like Joel in The Last of Us pulling a knife out on the surgeons. The unconscious girl is coming with me. When Ruji breaks down the concrete barrier blocking the entrance, all I could think was, they just got that fixed after Onyx broke through it last time. Why reinstall a safety measure knowing it's been ineffective before? As for Onyx's end, him getting defeated by the power of love with a giant heart-shaped blast, that was so lame. Some of the background music sounded like presets that would come on a portable electric keyboard. Certain scenes had the music really overpower the dialogue, making it hard to pay attention. One example would be the professor describing how he wants to study Rose for data in the helicopter. The music is blasting in the background. But other times the music was really slick when Ruji fought Onyx in dragon form, that was a really nice track. Just a random highlight, when the girls get sucked into the painting, the motel is called Desperation. Don't think I wasn't giggling at that. Alright, nitpicks. One of the very first scenes, Ruji wakes up out of bed sweaty as hell. It made me feel uncomfortable. During the car chase when Ruji and Eriko first get Rose, Ruji, while head deep in Eriko's lap, tells her to look out in front of her, but the position he was in he couldn't have been able to see over the dash and out the window. 
I'm not sure how on the low Rose's existence is supposed to be kept, but the professor flying up to Ruji's apartment window in a helicopter, screaming is there a dragon in here, into a megaphone, isn't the way I'd go about dealing with things. One of Ruji's classmate punches another out of a window. The glass breaks and a stick person falls out. This scene seemed really out of place. It happened a few times this season. The series just didn't seem like the type to incorporate dumb exaggerations like this. The research lab the professor first takes Rose to, it had some cool defenses like the concrete barricades coming up from the ground. But the guards at the gate were severely under-equipped. Batons and essentially beanbag guns? Get out of here with that weak shit. Onyx is so pretentious bringing a single glass to Rose on a silver tray. If Margo was staying at the same hotel as Ruji, why leave a letter making him meet her out by the rocks on the beach? Wait for him in the lobby then talk to him in a room like a normal person. Why make this difficult? George takes one day off to go swimming and have some fun, and a nutbar takes a hostage in the church. When the armed guards were chasing I through the banquet hall after she was making her escape, why did they jump up on the table? Who would do that? Just continue running alongside it. You wouldn't have been tripped up by the tablecloth if you had stayed on the ground. Both Safi and Marga, who are dragons with wings, are the ones freaking out about Onyx taking hold of the plane. They can just hop off any time and fly away. Best girl waifu and harem. Best girl is I. She did the most when trapped in the painting. She was the first to answer honestly. She broke the mirror when it tried to trap Mizuki. She threw a garbage can tripping the axe murderer while the others were getting away. As for a love option, Ruji thought she was cute and the magic earrings don't lie. I came to a school that she doesn't even attend to bring Ruji lunch. And when she was saving the society scrub from Onyx thinking it was Ruji, that was way too funny. Then she dropped him when she discovered he wasn't who she was looking for. I having her little breakdown when Rose and Ruji kiss, that was really funny too. There are no waifus in this series, and Eriko is the only lady in my harem. Final thoughts. Dragon Crisis was fun. None of the action was crazy impressive, but it had moments. The story wasn't complex and it was paced quickly, but with all that being said, when I finished the last episode, I immediately wanted more. There was nothing special about this series, yet I still enjoyed the hell out of it. Unfortunately, I doubt this will ever see a second season, but watch it anyways, it was entertaining. Alright, that's going to be it for this week's review. Hope to catch you in the next one. Bye.